we're back redacting uh was it i already got it wrong <laughs> reverse redaction reverse redaction my name is judah and i am here with ford we are uncovering truths are trying to uh that have to deal with art and the art that we've been focusing on is that of movies and a giant movie just came out thor ragnarok and that was uh let's see i had it up and ready to go so that was directed by Taika Waititi Waititi he's uh i think he's a gentleman from australia he's had a couple comedies and he actually starred in this movie as the what was the rock guy's name uh i can't remember either yeah it's like <laughs> grocky or something like a rock guy i don't know and um let's see oh, so new zealand. It, new zealand film director new zealand uh yes close but not no uh, not on the mark there <laughs> all right so thor is of course played by chris hemmingsworth tom hiddleston comes back as loki kate blanchett plays incredibly like she has tapped into some kind of uh youth formula here she looks like she's like in her 20s and um it, yeah it's it's like that movie that she was with brad pitt in uh what was that one the oh the tree of life time. no the re- one where he's reversed oh, time benjamin button benjamin button she's there were, there were moments in that movie where i was like what the heck is going on i mean, I know there's a lot of cg helping both of them out like you know there's a moment yeah. with brad pitt in that movie you're like what is happening yeah. right now yeah. Uh, yeah in this movie yeah i would agree there's some there's some shenanigans going on or she's just the best in shape i mean how old is she yeah i think she's 50 or close to it i oh, can't she's gotta be older than that right uh i don't think so um anyway okay all right well we can look that up but uh it just it just elba i always get his name right he's back is hemdahl jeff goldblum plays I think an entertaining uh, grandmaster. Definitely. And uh, sort of a newcomer. Have you ever seen Tessa Thompson in anything? Uh, yeah, she's in Westworld. Oh, I haven't seen Westworld. Interesting, because that's uh, that's Chris Hemingsworth's brother who's in that too. Oh, okay. Interesting. He actually is in this movie too. Uh, uh, well, we'll keep spoilers for later. But uh, overall, oh, uh Mark Raffalo is in this, and Carl Carl Urban. I, I, I often accidentally call him Keith Urban. Yeah, uh, very different guys, different guys. So, um, and Anthony Hopkins is Odin. Now, um, my overall impression was, uh, I came away enjoying it. I came away feeling like I was engaged with the movie. My the ups and downs had me, except for the beginning. I felt like the first third of it was rushed, forced, and really maybe just the director uh, wrapping things up from the last movie. And like, I almost felt like, ah, I have to do this. Let's do it. Come on, let's go, go, go. And uh, to me, the the comedic timing didn't really hit in the first third. Uh, There was like a lot of like middle-aged women around me that were laughing. You know, it's kind of that like, I don't know. (laughs) It's just kind of like that middle-aged woman humor, you know, that like, I don't get uh, or I get, but I don't really appreciate right. at the beginning. But then as soon as now, nah, this is not a spoiler because it's in the dang preview, but as soon as right. uh, Hulk 
uh, comes on the scene. The, the movie takes a totally different tone for me. Um, and it, it pretty much, that's where the movie starts for me. And yeah. So what is your, so, and I would give it, so I, I would give it a two thumbs up. I would give it uh, whatever, four out of five stars. I would give it a B plus or an A somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. I give it four out of five stars an XD on my emoticonometer. Nice. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I don't think it's necessarily the most consistent movie. It's, you know, it's, it is your, your kind of what we've come to expect from Marvel. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, these Marvel movies keep working on some level because of that Stanley Excelsior sort of idea. You know, this is a very colorful movie. It's a very Marvel movie. It's the anti, like I didn't see all of dark world, but I felt like that one was a little more somber. The part of it I did see. Um, mm. And there's so much of that going on in the post, you know, dark Knight version of comic book, you know, reboots where it's all serious and it's all like, Oh, the world's coming to an end. And this movie definitely gets back more to the multicolor uh, sort of, marvel world you know which mm -hmm. just typifies stanley and and the reason why i feel like marvel is winning um is just because it they they have high stakes in these things um they're not necessarily childish but at the same time there's this whimsical love of life i don't know right. like yeah. uh there's good humor but at the same time you know these characters in almost any one of these whether whether it's uh, Doctor Strange or Guardians of the Galaxy or uh, the Avengers or this mm -hmm. film, the heroes are called to make sacrifices that if you really sit back and think about them, quit thinking about it as a comic book movie, you're talking about excruciating decisions. Yeah. Like they're, they're all called to make an excruciating decision and they do it. Like when push comes to shove, when the, you know, when the, when their one-liners are done they realize like well this is it you know it's tony taking the nuclear warhead into the wormhole it's dr strange deciding to to endure it an eternity of torment <laughs> with an all-powerful god of death um and it's thor coming to the end of himself a couple times in this movie so mm -hmm. you know and i i think it's i think that's what really separates marvel and what the, you know comic books are about you know maybe not graphic novels but comic books are just about this idea of, um, you know, e exploring what it means to lay one's life down for other you know, people. So, well, and, and that's interesting. Uh, when when I first when I was first exposed, my dad first exposed me to uh, heroes, and I remember him. My dad's a philosopher, and I remember him saying, um, making it clear that he did not appreciate heroes that had incredible ability and power, but no sacrifice. Like, and he, uh, I remember him and me drawing, we would draw um, Iron Man. He really liked Iron Man because Iron Man had this, like, you know, he was dependent on this suit and he also had this thing in his chest. I don't know. I, I can't remember. It was a long time ago, but, but I remember coming away with the idea and, and really taking away till now and uh, the idea that um heroics without sacrifice is not heroics it's just some kind of fantasy right right yeah and i think that you know can be the problem with a lot of these things um throughout history when you look at the way that gods are treated like you know that mm. there's a lot of these uh greco-roman stories that are these some of these guys are just despicable i mean they might as well just be demons you know they're right. just 
they're just uh they you know use people for their own ends but then you know like we talked about the prometheus story that myth i mean that's right. a very interesting story about self sacrifice for uh you know inferior creatures basically you know for right. humans and so those kind of stories pop up all throughout history and all throughout um different religions and different myths where there is this this uh you know someone pouring themselves out for people that others consider irredeemable and so that comes up a lot in marvel movies and and really you know in a post nietzschean post atheist sort of uh art world um this is one of the ways that these questions have kind of bubbled back up to the surface and and um and you know when people ask you know like how why do comic book movies rule everything well it's because you know they're asking these questions you know yeah. uh, we can't we can't escape them so exactly um and that's why people like him, like like you said. But um, one of the criticisms that I've heard uh, from the since the onset of George R. R. Martin's fame and and the Game of Thrones um, sort of uh, his, the use of death. Mm. Uh, one one of the criticisms I heard of of these uh, Marvel movies is nobody dies. The high stakes only go so high. So right, they have excruciating decisions to make, but when it comes down to it, it feels like a fake world where nobody actually dies. So the stakes well, are, are are are, are uh, contrived. And, and yeah, I, I mean, but it is it is comic books. I mean, we're yeah. you know, and so I think you know it is those those bigger questions mediated through a more you know something for children mm. sort of outlet. I mean, it's the same with Star Wars. It's the same with you know mm -hmm. dragon ball z like for sure you know i mean you know goku dies a thousand times and just gets brought back to life like you know I, that's just the ser the serialized nature of comments yeah comics. i mean it's soap operas for boys basically you know i mean they're gonna they're gonna keep coming back and yeah uh, and so you know that's the problem with anything that is serialized like it's it's it turns into a soap opera at some point like it's never gonna have a finite end Right. And, and I, so that they do, um, they do use some things to sort of give a sense of uh, death. Well, I mean, there are people that die, I guess. Uh, Odin dies and um, <coughs> sorry. That's right. Oh, and uh, Thor loses an eye in this. So I, I think that's, that, I, that surprised me. All right. Yeah. And well, and you, you know, I mean, the fact that he lost his hammer in the first yeah. act or you know not not i mean pretty early on in the movie that's uh that was kind of a big you know for fanboys that's a death that was a huge loss losing milnier i can never say it right but um so you brought up before i uh that that event was spoiled in the preview yeah i, I would say my biggest complaint about this movie is just giving too much away yeah. in those previews uh, that that hulk the hulk reveal that would have been a great reveal in the movie that mm -hmm. and that's for me one of the reasons why the first half just isn't as strong is because we knew that the hammer was going to be destroyed we knew that hulk was going to show up then we knew jeff goldblum was going to be in it so i those are three big you know key things i mean the only real reveal is having the rock guy who was a great comic relief i really liked him mm -hmm. um but it was sure it would have been better if we could have had those three things and you know that just kind of goes back to the uh you know the the problems with 
this industry, I mean, they, they kind of have to get people in the theater. It is a rough time for getting people in the theater right now. So they're having to, you know, do anything they can to get people in. Um, but it does make the viewing experience less enjoyable because, I mean, those are three big, you know, character twists that add to this movie a lot, I think. Absolutely. Um, well, uh, well, I'd like to say a few more things about the, well, uh, I, I think overall, yeah, I think, I think we've covered the overall, the general stuff. Maybe we should get into spoiler talkery. Okay. Uh, so from here on out, we're going to be, if anybody's <laughs> listening, um, this will be, there will be spoilers after this point. So, so two complaints I had, I, I, I agree completely about the spoilering of it through the uh, previews. And I was sitting with a friend of mine and I remember like looking over at him saying, when they were about to reveal that Hulk was going to come out thinking, what if we didn't know it was Hulk? How awesome would that be? This, right. this would be uh, an amazing moment. But the, uh, the other two things, characters that I had, the character building, character development that I didn't, that I had some problems with was Thor and uh, Hela, both of them. So Hela wasn't very scary to me, and Thor was very scary to me. Like neither of them had enough serious moments. Uh, Thor was a little too glib throughout the movie to me compared to what he's been before. And I, I mean, it's fine for him to be a little bit more upbeat. But I needed more of these moments where they've sort of established him as a real serious guy. And then all of a sudden, he's kind of a do-do-do, you know? And are you going to comment on that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, even in the first one, I mean, there are these moments like, I need sustenance. Uh, you know, there was some jokes with the diner that I remember about how much he could eat, how much he could drink. Um, and <clears throat> I don't know. He even had comic relief moments in Avengers as well. Like I, I, because he, he is kind of a, he's not an idiot, but he is kind of, he's he is kind like, of a heart of gold, head of lead in comparison to the other people around him. That you is know? true. Like uh, an innocent guy. Yeah, he is just kind of this innocent, you know, surfer guy, God. And you know, in the comics, he was like that, from what I understand. Like he, he spoke very baroquely. It was like this mm -hmm. baroque way of speaking, but, but at the same time, it was kind of like jocular you know so I mean, he was I, he was the surfer god I, I think that's kind of the best way to think of him you know um which i mean that's why hemsworth's playing him he's a surfer is so, he? i didn't know that he, yeah. he's the surfer yeah <laughs> so uh you know an aussie surfer i think it's kind of per perfect um so mm -hmm. yeah I, I don't know i i thought it fit um i do agree about hella though i just she you know blanchette nails it she does great but um, again, like her power, we, we kind of know what's coming when she's able to break the the hammer. But then after that, she just kind of throws these swords. And while that's very powerful, it's just not very visually engaging or, or creepy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just I don't know. There's they, they just needed something a little more sinister. I, mm -hmm. I feel like with her, she, you know, like Saruman is sinister. You know, like mm -hmm. the, the Pennywise, the clown is sinister. Like she's the goddess of death i just we need more than swords being thrown out like yeah yeah swords and uh raising an army of skeletons i guess yeah the like skeletons it, were just that's just so overdone i just so, so cliche undead you know it's like oh they were so dumb and they weren't very effective soldiers either i mean they just seemed to get you know i mean that happened in lord of the rings it happened in hellboy's army thing the golden army or whatever it was 
um yeah it's just like i don't know it's just that was kind of lame to me i like the wolf maybe if it were an army of wolves or something I don't that would have been cool I, I i felt like there needed to be a scene where hella i mean this sounds sick but it, like she has her wolf crunch a baby or something something that just raises the stakes of, of her evilness you know and right makes you feel like she'll do anything yeah and you're right i mean you compare it to george rr R. martin and there's you know spoilers seen in the l- latest season with uh the uh queen of dragons in which she uses the dragon in a way that instills fear you know Mm -hmm. so and Mm -hmm. she's the good person you know uh, supposedly i mean she is in comparison i guess um but you know that yeah you're right there is there is the kind of kid gloves approach that sometimes characterizes uh the marvel world that kind of keeps it from being uh, quite having the stakes whereas i feel like in dr strange I felt like that villain in Doctor Strange, you know, not just uh, uh, the Hannibal guy, not just his character, but mm. um, but the vi- the god de- demon yeah. thing was yeah. frightening, you know. And and I think you kind of need that if it's the goddess of death. I agree. Maybe some kind of like black cloud or something. Instead of I, I didn't understand the swords, the jaggedy swords. Like, uh, it right. f- felt more like uh, what's his name, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat or something. You know, like, oh, okay, right, get over. But even if she had said like, get over here, that would have been you know much better. It's just kind of they come out and they stick you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so okay. Uh, a couple themes. So the theme of self sacrifice. Right, and I, I think choice. Right. So, you know, he has a couple moments where he goes into this unconscious state where he's kind of brought to the end of himself. And you kind of wonder, like, well, what has he got left? I mean, he doesn't have the the uh, hammer with him. So what is he going to do? Mm-hmm. And it, him and the Hulk both kind of have to go to that, have to make a conscious choice to <laughs> get to the edge of death in order to tap into their real power. Yeah. And I think that that theme comes up here uh, with both of them. And there's, it comes up pretty funny with Hulk, you know, with Bruce Banner, when he makes his decision to do that at one point, and like, yeah. well, now you're going to see who I really am. And dunk. So, uh, but <laughs> yeah. they both have to make a decision to die, you know, in order to, or put themselves in a situation that, you know, come to the end of themselves in order to tap into their real power. So, I think that that is something we all have to think about because we're not really, you know, we live in a world where we're not in, most of us are not in tangible war. And, and so as humans, we're not pushed to the limit as much as we probably can be. And when humans are pushed to the limit, that's when new things happen. I mean, you know, the, the good things come of it. So uh, that I liked. And then the other thing I really liked is big spoiler when the revelation that comes to Thor that, you know, from his dad, that uh, Asgard is not a place, it's the people. Mm. And so that, you know, that gives him the will to, to make a big change, like and make a true leadership decision that nobody else would make. And uh, I think that that's pertinent in our world when, you know, there's so many people fighting over holy lands, so to speak, um, whether you know it be a religious thing or whether it be uh, a political thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a nationalist thing, there is this push for us to think in terms of uh, of the, the material world. When sometimes, you know, ideas can travel much further, and and you know, I mean, we have this thing called the internet now. And for me, it's it. You know, I, I was living in India for five years, and that was kind of 
where we were carving our life out and, you know, learning about Indian culture and stuff like that. And so I do feel like I've kind of lost that place since you know, some, some setbacks and closed doors happened and I had to come back here. Um, <clears throat> and I don't, and now, you know, I've started reconnecting with my Indian viewership and friends and fans because of the internet. And, you know, we have this thing, this way to connect with people that is, you know, the internet is not a place. It's mm -hmm. the people, you know, it's just us talking to each other and having these. And so I think that is kind of a pertinent thing that, uh, you know, if, if we could think outside the box, which is what his character does there at the end in a lot of interpersonal conflict, um, whether it be with businesses or nations or religions, um, <clears throat> we probably could find some interesting workarounds if we would just, you know, apply that kind of thinking. So I don't know. I, th I mean, you know, it's a, it's a lot of reading into it, but I, I think that's actually there. I think there's, mm -hmm. there's something actually there about, about, uh, you know, not just getting stuck in old ways of thinking. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I really appreciated them focusing on that idea as the central idea, especially towards the, at the end. What I didn't like was that I, I didn't, did you feel sad when uh the kingdom what is it? i always forget the name uh asgard asgard as asgard was being destroyed did you feel a uh, loss no i think there's something weak about the way that the asgardians are portrayed like it just mm -hmm. they just kind of seem like you know vanilla fluff i don't know it's just it, so they don't really feel the stakes for the people um you know the idea is there but maybe it's just not executed well i don't i don't know i don't, um you know when Helm's Deep is about to go down in twin in the two towers um in Lord of the Rings like you you you're really I don't know you're feeling it. yes like, you're feeling the impending doom you know and so I feel like that impending doom is not quite again is fully realized uh you know there's something about that orc Urukai or army that really just commands commands fear um so yeah there's something yeah that you're not really feeling it and then when it does get destroyed you don't really feel sad no so yeah i i think uh there could have been more focus on when hella comes so this might tie in with being her her being more menacing when she establishes herself uh there if she had had more interactions more if there had been more plot instead of her fighting armies you know instead of her fight, faceless soldiers and and, and, you know, and instead of this, those killing off the, the friends so fast at the beginning, right. um, if there had been some kind of subplot with, you know, their subverting uh, re revolution, you know, their own revolution, you know, there is that theme of revolution in the movie. They could have used it here. And they kind of did with Hemdall, but right. I don't think it was very well executed. And I heard there was some 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 scenes cut out where oh. where where Loki actually joins them. And helps them get off, you know, get get out of there. Uh, okay. And and it is kind of sudden when she, when she he's like she's here, and then she comes and they're all gone. Like I, I think somewhere in there, but 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 more at the beginning when they're establishing her character, right? If they had tied her in as a juxtaposition, her evil against their not necessarily innocence, but like humanness, you know, right? Would have been I think something in there would have been great, but. Right. And I think one of the other things we both liked was the fact that uh, there is no real love interest in this movie. So the yes. Valkyrie, you know, she is actually a colleague instead of a love interest for Thor. Yes. And I think we both liked that, that her 
the Hulk and and uh, and Loki and yeah. uh, Thor. I mean, they're all together colleagues. And right. so, you know, there's just not too many movies, especially blockbuster movies, where you don't have some love interest, you know, making, you know, got to fit everything in. You got to squeeze every angle in, you know, to fit every type of whatever the audience is expecting. And, you know, I thought that was kind of healthy. I mean, here's a strong female character that's uh, a colleague. And yeah, apparently yeah, they cut out fun. they cut out a scene with her walking away from her female lover or something like that. Oh, okay. Uh, like in bed or something. So um, I appreciate that they cut that out. And I yeah, I love the fact that they're it's a buddy film. And not right. just buddies with other males, but buddy with, you know, not, get, yeah, buddy with her. Valkyrie. Right. And, um, and see, even that, I just, I feel like I'm glad they cut that out too, because, you know, people will still, the thing that frustrates me about all this stuff, like, I, I think about The Wire, there was, you know, a strong female character in that, and they would have these lesbian love scenes in there. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I, doesn't that defeat the whole purpose of having a strong female character? It's like, oh, well, she can, you know, well, yeah, but but it's still appealing to the same uh, base yeah. instinct that that objectified women before. What's the difference? You're right. still objectifying a woman like so. Oh, but she's you know, but this is something that she loves. Well, OK, I, you know, yeah. I guess. But it's just it it's crossing purposes here like can you take this woman and just let her exist as a fighter right. you know like so and they uh, did and they, they cut that scene out and they and, and they portrayed her as just a fighter we don't know you know her yeah because uh, uh, i remember them referring to it as valkyrie's sexuality i was thinking what why who cares about her sexuality you know like why would that even be a thing well because you know ever since the sexual revolution like that has become the defining force of the you know in the, the defi defining element of human essence and i just i think that is uh you know one of the problems with identity politics today that is creating the very mess that it's claiming to you know rail against it's it's just it's just a vicious cycle of of uh you know, desire that ends up never f being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, so I appreciate that about the movie that it doesn't, it doesn't need to do that with the male or female characters that they can have, you know, this thing to fight. Mm -hmm. uh, and let's just, let's focus on that for once, you know, <laughs> instead of having to have some shriekly love story. And uh, they focus on complex relationships here um complex relationship between thor and his brother a complex relationship between thor and his dad and a very complex even though it's it's not as complex but there is a lot of complexity between his relate thor's relationship with uh hulk slash banner right you know like it, it, he has i mean it's funny where he keeps going sun's getting real low you know he, they, they have that ongoing joke but it's this 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 idea that like uh, in male relationships there has to be some kind of um, th there has to be a certain level of intimacy right, right. non sexual intimacy where where you have to um, navigate the the dangers of of well I mean in this case Hulk could kill you but right. um, but in real life. There are dangers in in male relation, dangers of losing that friend or hurting that person, that that sort of thing. And um, right, I think about Thor and Loki's past, you know, like mm -hmm. how complicated that is. And I think I think for the most part that relationships, you know, added to you know, to some degree in this movie. Yeah, um, I think so. So, 
yeah on the whole i think the character development's fun i you know again it's not like um shakespeare here but i mean it's no. it is it's accomplishing what it's trying to accomplish and uh yeah so i think in spite of its flaws i think it still it lives up to a four stars for what it's trying to do you know being <laughs> a comic book blockbuster uh, yeah. with heart no i think it has heart would you go see it again I think I will. Yeah, I think I'll watch it with uh, Satya. So she would she would like to see it. So, yeah, I was trying to think whether or not to take the girls. And the only thing is, is that they have the they talk about the orgy, which you know go over their heads, uh, you know, in the in the ship, and then they show Hulk's butt for some reason. Like I, I don't know. I guess it's not that bad, but. Uh. Uh, so, uh, well then, so what can we take away from this as men working on being better us's, right? Can say that us's, <laughs> yeah, being better us's, better um, being better we. No, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think uh, for me, it's those two big ideas that uh, you know, Asgard is not a place; it's a people. And so maybe I need to I need to take a look at my my ideas about, uh, you know, the search for God or the the search for home or the search for, you know, a, a productive output in my life outside of the confines of traditional ways of looking at um, religion or nation or business, you know, like that there are there are other ways to pursue this that that may take a, you know, a shift in mind. And, you know, I think we're, we're at a place in our history where a lot of this stuff is being changed. You know, we're moving from uh, gold backed currencies to cryptocurrencies, you know, like we're, we're moving from nations that, you know, trade across a, a line, you know, um, to, to people that uh, trade across the internet. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, in my own case, you know, being, uh, you know, a Christian uh, who is, you know, learned a lot from India. And, you know, I want to have new ways of discussing these things with Hindus and, and think about it as trade, you know, not just thinking about it as a one way, um, you know, top down assumption. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to take from you and, you know, for my own benefit, or I'm going to, you know, delegate to you what everything I know and I'm not going to learn anything from you. So yeah. I think um, there are, and, and you know, when, when Asgard is destroyed, then that allows, you know, them to try to find a new way to find home, you know? So well, uh, how do, how do we make that more concrete? Like, I, I, let's, uh, well, if we don't mind, like, what about for, like for you, how did you do that when you were in India? Like think of your, your kingdom as something, not a place, or did you think of India as your place? Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I think that's the big, the big difficulty because, you know, humans are, you know, we're, we're play, geographically located, you know, yeah. and so, uh, and there's something about a place that really informs the way that you live and, you know, you have to adapt to your surroundings and, uh, you know, culture comes from places. Um, mm. So I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with that kind of culture and it's, it's great. It's to be celebrated and to be um shared um but uh i think uh you know we we are at a time when we need to find new ways to expand culture without necessarily uh having to create new manifest destinies of place you know like yeah. um there's just the world is all discovered there's you know yeah. and 
And, you know, there's some interesting thoughts in there, too, about what Odin did in order to create his kingdom. Like they mm -hmm. they it was subsidized by bloodshed, you know, a history of colonialism. And that's very true of the Western world. You know, there's yeah. sins in the past of the West with uh, what happened to Native Americans and African slaves. And, you know, ironic, interestingly, uh, he this uh, the director's a Maori, uh, mm -hmm. you know, from the Maori people, uh, his and his, you know, half Maori, half, I think, Russian, his, his father or something. Um, so that was another a case of colonialism. And but he is a success story that came up from that and that he would make that kind of thing. You know, like he does not side, see, I think it's very tempting for anyone who's been subjugated to side with Hella on this argument because, well, you know, Odin was actually a a bad dude anyway. Let's just overthrow the kingdom and we'll just start. But like, do you really want the goddess of death on your side? You know, mm -hmm. is you know envy the way to destroy? Um, Oh, anyways. So, yeah, I, I haven't fully thought through that whole thing, but um, I think there is a real appeal, you know, a real temptation to just say everything is crap. Let's just start over. Um, yeah. And well, I, I, <laughs> I kind of I don't know, maybe just add edit this part out. Well, I, I think it's stuff. almost impossible to I, I think it's impossible to to tackle this idea without talking about without embracing the idea without embracing a religious um idea of kingdom right right like if we do not believe in the kingdom of god or you know or some other kingdom you know like for me the kingdom of god is the only thing that really that we can we can um feel an alliance to by not, and at the same time, not feel like it's located here in this transient life. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I think of. Um, can we can we think of this like uh, we're not a place where a people thing without religion? Uh, that is a good question. I don't know. Um, a, a culture, but you, you're right though that culture is so tied into location, place. place. Yeah. yeah, and and not just location. You're right. Place. It's like houses and and you know uh, every little thing that we deal with on a regular basis. Like it's not transient. Culture is not transient. Right. And so now that I think about it, you know the, the fact that uh, you know Asgard actually gets destroyed at the end mm -hmm. um, is a kind of like maybe maybe that's what they are saying like uh oh well it's all it was all built on the backs of blood and uh you know terror so maybe it should all just go to hell um but you know i i don't know if humans have you know, you know i mean is, is is nuclear war the answer is that <laughs> <laughs> right we're just like, gonna blow everything up scorched, and start over scorched earth yeah is that what we need to yeah um but you know then the problem with that is where do you go i mean we don't yeah we don't have other planets and so i mean this is the planet that we got and you know we've got to find a way to salvage the good stuff in the past yeah. uh, without destroying everything uh and repenting for the sins of the past you know find ways to do that that's actually constructive and uh mm -hmm. and to find a way to really connect with the people and and yeah the the people that's the thing uh mm. the people are more than just asgard i mean the people are people from everywhere and and i think that's what you originally said is that the connections that we have that is 
you know, like reconnecting with friends. We have this internet thing, like relationship. That is, that is what we can have that it doesn't, we don't have to have a location, right? Right. We can be a people together. Um, uh, and it was from all, all over the world. Right. Yeah. Um, but that, uh, so, but what I guess what I keep thinking about, have you ever read the tales of the kingdom? Uh, no. Oh, you should look at, look up the tales of the kingdom. It's a children's book that, uh, was read to me in school. And then we reread and we read them to our schools and their, their cry is always to the king, to the restoration. And, um, it's about like, it's about like this sort of, uh, I don't know. I too much to get into now, but they're they're living on the outskirts of this like dystopian like city where you know bad king has taken over and they live on the outskirts and they're sort of taken care of by the 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 caretaker, the gardener, you know, who's like a Christ figure. And anyways, it's it's look it up. I think it's I think you'd enjoy it. Your kids might. Um but this brings us to the end. I think we so we should go for what 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 are we what are we coming away with here? Are we coming well, away with? Go ahead. Just uh, you know, there was a one liner in the movie Thor saying because that's what heroes do, and it was a couple you know there's a failed joke a couple times. Well, I mean the joke was funny, but it was a failed one liner. What were the two instances? Well, was... One he's he's he says it when the, the hammer's supposed to be coming to him, and he's going to yeah. hit the head off of that uh, demon at the beginning, and then uh, and it takes extra time. He's like, uh, I timed that wrong. And then later on, he's like, because that's what heroes do. He throws the ball to break the window, and it bounces back and knocks <laughs> yeah, him out. Um, so, yeah. but what heroes do is they look at an impossible situation and they go all the way to death. You know, they're willing to throw themselves in uh, between them and the people and, uh, you know, not for accolades or praise, um, but just because it's the right thing to do and, you know, being, being willing to put their lives on the line. And so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty yeah, good that's one. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go forward into today and this week. Um, being willing to uh, put other people before us, and uh, but also, like you said, sacrifice. It would be willing to make that crucible decision, right? And not come down on the side of our own, our own comfort, right? Man, I have to go burn down my house. <laughs> it's funny because I've always had this sort of transient feeling about home. But it's helped that I, I've always had like a um, uh, sort of headquarters back, you know, with where my family was, you know, to right, go back yeah. to. And I remember you telling me like something like you, somebody in your family sold their house or something and it really rocked your world. That, that, that has right. happened to me too. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's amazing. Place can do too. Okay. So, uh let us be parted. What have, have you thought at all about a good outro uh, salutation? Salutation, that's the word I was looking for. Salutation? Right. No, I haven't. We got to find like a, a good one. Yeah. And so Godspeed is what you used last time. Um, yeah. We should find something that connects us, though, to what we're trying to do as far as reverse go ye therefore and reverse the redaction I, I got nothing so <laughs> we'll have to think of something <laughs> but till uh till then uh let 
like we could just stick with Godspeed, my friend. Godspeed. All right. Sounds good. All right.